Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode, something a little bit different. Three books that are essential reading for all leaders. Keep listening to find out the three books that you should be reading. Welcome back, I'm your host Steph Clark and each week I share with you the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books that I've been reading and do the reading so you don't have to. This week is something a little bit different. I'm going to be talking about three of the books I think are essential reading if you are in a leadership position. The reason I've chosen to do this this week is because I've been having lots of conversations at the moment and particularly as organisations and teams are heading back to offices in some way, shape or form, even if it is just of the time and working in a more hybrid way and there's some of these conversations I've been having where there's lots of overlap in some of the challenges people have been facing and what that has meant for their team engagement for the conversations they're having and some of the things that are causing a few issues. Now, we're not going to be getting into all of the different elements of leadership. That's something for another person, another podcast, another place. But what I am going to be sharing is some books that I think are really important reading for leaders and maybe even more so at the moment as things are just getting a little bit more complicated and probably a little bit more heightened as well as we're all going through a quite a stressful and challenging time and particularly in redesigning how we work, which I think is incredibly exciting, but it's also obviously incredibly challenging in some places and in particularly in some organizations as well. All right, so let's get into it. The three books I think are essential reading for all leaders. Book number one is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And I'm not ashamed of the fact that I've talked about this book a lot. And if you follow some of the other work I do, you know that you'll know that I'm a big fan of Brene and her podcast. I recommend her podcast a lot. She has a podcast called Dare to Lead, which I hugely recommend that you listen to, where she's had outstanding guests talking about some of the really hard stuff about leadership. The book Dare to Lead came out a couple of years ago and a lot of the ideas in there are around the missing links and skills of leaders, the really honest conversations and and communication that you need to be a leader, the labelling of needs and feelings and different dynamics and ultimately the courage that you need to lead in a way that is really that is true leadership and that is a type of leadership that is impactful. The book shows and tells you how to apply the different skills and gives you language to use them as well to improve the dynamic of your team and organization. And it's the sort of thing that you could even use and leverage as a leader, as an individual leader or as an individual team, even if others in your organization, if other teams maybe aren't leading in this way. This is something that you could use as a standalone team, for example. Now, I have talked about this book on the podcast before. It's actually one of the first episodes I did. It might have been episode two or three. So I will put a link to that in the show notes. If you haven't listened to me talking about that book and going into a little bit more detail, you can head over there and listen to that after this. The thing I like about this book the most is the the courage element or the bravery element because it really does go to show the level of courage, bravery, commitment that is required to lead well. And I just think that is something that we don't talk about enough. And also the things that get in our way of doing that. It's very clear in the book 
some of the ways that we, as they call it in the book, armor up as a leader. We put our armor on, we stop ourselves being as vulnerable by knowing all the answers or by falling into the, the scarcity mindset. There's various other different examples in the book as well. But this idea of how are we stopping ourselves? How are we getting in our own way of being a courageous, brave leader? Really fantastic. There's a lot of stuff in that book that will challenge you. It's well worth a read. So that's book number one, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Book number two, I'm cheating. You know I like to do this when I do these lists and things. Book number two, which is actually two books by the same person though, so I reckon that's fine, is The Coaching Habit and The Advice Trap by Michael Bungay Stanya. Two books all about coaching. And the reason I like these books and I think these are relevant to this conversation about leadership is because it is not enough as a leader and as leaders we, we can't go through life and our leadership thinking we have to know all of the answers all of the time. And these two particular books will prevent you or help you to stop yourself falling into that particular mindset of having to know the answer all the time. One of the most powerful things we can do as leaders is to help others find their own answers and to point them in the right direction or give them the tools and the questions and the thought process that they might need to help find their own answers and solutions. So the coaching habit and the advice trap give you a step-by-step guide to asking better questions and really getting into the mindset of being a question asker rather than an answer knower. The coaching habit is probably the best one to start with and then the advice trap I'd recommend reading a little bit further down the line or after a few months or so of putting the coaching habit into practice because there is an element of overlap which is more of a refresher. And then it takes it into a bit of a, a bit of a next level with thinking about why it is that we do fall into the trap of giving advice all the time rather than asking better questions and going in with a mindset of curiosity. Michael Bangay Sanya's work is excellent. Generally, he does a lot of podcast guest episodes as well. So I'd recommend seeking out some of the other work he does or some of the other conversations he's had. It's worth listening to him. He has actually been on Brene Brown's podcast as well and they did a bit of live coaching. So that is worth listening to too if you want to get into that. But really, I recommend reading this, especially if you are a leader who knows you fall into the trap of answering everyone's questions, being there to rescue everyone at every little question or drop of the hat that they have, because you can probably be making your life a little bit easier and probably actually being a more helpful leader by asking better questions instead. In both books, Michael talks through the seven key questions. One of my favorite questions in those seven questions is what else? Because there's so many times that we ask a question and we get an answer and we take that as a given and then we move on because we want to move on with the conversation because we aren't comfortable holding the space for deeper thought or reflection. We're actually asking the question, what else? We'll often uncover what the real issue is or what the real challenge might be or what another potential solution could be as well. So that's book number two and 2.1, let's call it The Coaching Habit and the Advice Trap by Michael Bungay-Stanya. Finally, book number three, a book I talk about and use all the time, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Now, one thing I would say about this, and if you've listened to my episode where I talked about this book, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, is this one is a leadership fable. So... Whilst the ideas in the book are fantastic, I use the the model all the time and I come back to it time and time again when I'm working with teams, 
it's it's a pretty painful read (laughs) i'm gonna be honest i did not enjoy it however right at the back of the book there is a section where it talks about the concept and the 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 method if you want to call it that the model is probably a better term for it that bit is gold the story itself the fable itself you could probably just tear those pages out and throw them in the bin because not very helpful anyway that's my opinion anyway five dysfunction of the team is patrick lencioni's model for what makes a great high performing team and he talks about this in the sense of a pyramid so a bit like maslow's hierarchy of needs and you work up from the bottom and then when you when you get to peak team you get to the top of that pyramid so at the bottom of the pyramid you've got trust because no team can exist or no healthy team can exist without a good foundation of trust without that we don't really have anything else if you have trust in a team you can then embrace some healthy conflict so being able to disagree with each other being able to put different opinions forward being able to suggest a completely different direction and and maybe putting something forward that is maybe not a popular opinion so being able to have that if you've got trust you can then have healthy conflict once you've got healthy conflict you can then have commitment because people can buy into what it is that has been discussed in a really robust way with commitment you can then get accountability because people have committed to whatever it is they're going to commit to and then once you've got accountability you can then get the results so often when I work with teams I find that I go into a conversation and the symptoms are often higher up that pyramid it's a lack of accountability but when you break it down it's actually often more often than not it's a trust problem because some of those other things haven't been able to happen in order to get to accountability and it's at that point that you start to see the cracks appearing so the five dysfunctions of the team is a really great model to come back to time and time again in your team and this will once you've got it got it working and you've got it nailed it it may change you might actually find that some of those things erode over time if you're not topping up the well and and practicing really great team behaviors you can't just it's not just a one and done type of thing you do have to maintain it and be feeding those good behaviors on a regular basis and particularly as teams change as dynamics change maybe what worked in the office doesn't work now you're working remotely or in a hybrid fashion you've actually got to rethink and redesign some of those elements so that trust does still stay in place regardless of where people are working or that you can still have healthy conflict even if you you're now meeting on zoom rather than sat around the table whatever it is that you used to do so that's book number three the five dysfunctions of a team by patrick lencioni one i hugely recommend and use all the time recommend you have a look at that book and that model but like i said be warned it's a fable so just read the back of the book for the good model stuff so again the three maybe kind of four books that i recommend all leaders read number one dare to lead by brene brown Number two, Coaching Habit and the Advice Trap by Michael Bungay-Stania. And number three, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. I've talked about all of these on the podcast previously. I'll put links to those episodes in this episode show notes so you can head over there and have a read and a listen to see if there's anything you've missed. Maybe if you listened to those episodes some time ago, now is a good time to go back and re-listen to those. Maybe if you're redesigning how you are working with your team. And this was a hard list to put together. There were many others that I could have put in. So if you do think, oh, no, this one should be in the top three, please let me know. What did I miss? What would you have put in your top three essential books to read as a leader? Let me know. Contact details are, as usual, in the show notes. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.